I, I know it's just too good to believe, but um, let's see if we can improve on it. <laughs> That's uh, Cordell Mitchell there, who says this is beautiful. Clearly, uh, we have uh, more than just Simon the Amputee in our ranks amongst the uh, disadvantaged. <laughs> uh, you see, I can't feel two, two and a half fingers on my hand, so that's why I'm not quite world class yet. That's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I've got two guys whose ears are bleeding in joy, so I think that's uh that's enough for one day. We don't want too much joy. <laughs> and, and we have Stanley Allen, who's uh, praying now, saying, oh, God. <laughs> so I think I've achieved my, my aim of um, getting those of you who are musically inclined to uh, subscribe more. Right, it, it's going to be a shuffling one, and I don't know how long it'll be because um, I think the wife's on her way back. So if the kids need me, I'll uh, I'll, I'll hop off. Uh, right, let me remember what the title of this was again. Hold on a second. All right, masculinity, wife, Sherlock Holmes, and God's love. If I forget one of those, remind me. Um. Right, let's start with the masculinity or the, the Pua aspect. So I can't remember where I read this or who suggested it, but somebody somewhere uh, said something about, what about an academy for men to teach them masculinity? Honestly, I can't remember where I read it. I can't remember if it was on somebody's blog, if it was a comment on Social Galactic or, <laughs> or something like that. But um, uh, the, the reason I wanted to, you know, talk about it is because I, I mentioned it to my wife in the kitchen yesterday. And, and it sort of ties into a bunch of things about wives and stuff. So it's, it's quite interesting. And I sort of said, you know, like, can you believe like people? And so she started to ask me about it. And then um, I don't remember exactly how we got onto it. But I mentioned that, like, you know, the whole concept of this masculinity thing was just a pickup artist stuff which you know it's it's like just stupid and um i said what a pickup artist so i showed her the little clip of rouge back in his pickup artist days when he had um 
uh, well, somebody sent me actually the clip of uh, Roosh when he when he had this Indian guy called, uh, I think it was Gangandeep, that phoned him up about not being able to, uh, you know, get European girls, and it was quite hilarious. And at the end of it, Gangandeep says, "No, you make me very sad, and I'm crying. My mother told me I have the best PhD. Why I cannot get the good girls?" It was quite quite hilarious. But anyway, and Roosh now has gone. Uh, full orthodox with the big beard and everything the thing is i never thought rouge was any kind of decent at, at, at getting women I'm, I'm sure he got laid and whatever but it was just like you know he, he's a guy that had quite a few confidence issues he's got a bit of a, a stammer and so on and um i met him you know he's a nice guy and i think he's sort of heading towards the right path but he's definitely what you not what I'd consider a ladies' man by any stretch of the imagination. But anyway, I showed her this in, in like ex trying to explain what pickup artists were because she had no idea. And she goes, uh, she, she, you know, after I explained it, she goes, oh, so did you think of doing that? I was like, no, they're just, these guys are kind of losers. All, all the so-called pickup artists are like fucking morons. And and I brought up a guy they used to call me, uh, Mihal. That was, he was all over the internet years ago. And this Mihal guy, he spent 10 years being a foremost pickup artist, spent half a million dollars of daddy's money because his father was rich, and by his own admission, had gone to bed with like maybe 30, maybe 40 women, which probably means 20. So if in 10 years, spending half a million dollars, you, you go to bed with like 30 women, that's like, what the fuck, dude? You know? I mean, you, you could seriously, you know, just go to women that are not actual professional prostitutes to go, here's five grand if you come to bed with me. <laughs> and and you, you, you'll do that, you, you know, you, you can sleep with a hundred of them. It's just, you can sleep with a hundred of them in, in one year. <laughs> you know, it's just like, what the fuck? It was just useless. And, and most of them are like that. And um, and so when she asked me this, oh, didn't you want to, you know, you, you're like, you're a, kind of a dog. And uh, uh, didn't you think you could do better than those guys? And I said, yeah, I know I could do better. But I mean, it's like, it's, you know, and she goes, but, oh, but I said, yeah, these guys are just ripping off other men. They were like just selling seminars on how to be a man for like $4,000 for a week's worth of talking. She's like, oh, well, that's good money. I was like, yeah, but it's just ripping people off. You know, I can tell you everything you need to know about how to get good with women in about 15 minutes flat. And it doesn't cost you shit. And, and so she was like, oh, but, you know, but aren't these guys also just doing it to, like, become sort of better men? And I said, yeah, and I suppose maybe it helps them or whatever. But the fact is, the reality of it is, you know, you can't, I don't know that you can teach somebody to be a man. You're a man, you're either a man or you're not, sort of thing. And, um, and you know, with, with respect to like getting good with women, it's just talk to a lot of women, get blown away by a lot of women, and eventually you learn, correct, and learn, correct, and learn, you know. It's like hang out in places where women are. Start talking to them. See how you go. And when you fuck up, correct, try to figure out why you fucked up and do it again. 
you know, that's all it is. Just most people can't do it because it's scary and, oh, you know, but what if I get rejected and it hurts? And what if I really like a girl and I get halfway there and then nothing happens or something happens for a little while and then I fuck it up? That's life. Same way that you learn how to walk. You get up and you try and walk. And guess what? You fall over a thousand times. Keep doing it. Eventually you can run. Same shit. That's it. That's all you need to do. And as for being a man, a man is the kind of guy who takes that shit on and keeps doing it until it gets better. That's it. There. Not even 15 minutes. Maybe two minutes. That's all you need to know. And, you know, and, and whatever I read this, this comment about, oh, what about an academy for masculinity, for making men better men? Well, it, it's really simple. It already exists. It's existed for a couple of thousand years. And it's called Become a Catholic, a proper Catholic. Because they're guys that don't stop, don't give up, don't quit even in the face of death. They have faith and yet... They have charity, they have forgiveness, they have gentleness when it's required. They have, above all, the most, I would say, important part of being a Catholic is meekness. Uh, and meekness does not mean weakness. Meekness means restrained power. It means a man that is very capable of doing massive violence, taking huge action, whatever, but restrains it in the interests of charity. However, in the modern day, most males have become gamified, metrosexual. I don't want to offend anybody. And then they use the excuse of, I'm not weak, I'm just meek. I'm restraining my power. No, you're some kind of a half faggot who's scared of getting shit done. So, again, in the present world moment, I would advise so-called men to err on the side of courage rather than on the side of meekness. And as I've said in the Sistema book, courage is more important than wisdom to a certain extent um, because it just is. If you're brave, even if you're not smart, even if you're not wise, you will eventually get on the right path with a lot of knocks if you survive. It's a fair point. If you survive. So um, I hope that's dealt with masculinity. If you have any more comments on masculinity or questions, fire them away now. While I read the, the, uh, the comments on my, on my music, uh, Cordell said, beautiful, my ears are bleeding in joy. And Zenos Dart says, yes, I was in need of more blood flow to my ears. Cordell, we think alike. <laughs> LS16 Haynes, Jesus, Hail Kurgan, Legion Mortalis. The horn of battle is sounded. Assemble, bow before its glory, and weep for the headphone users. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Zeno starts salutes, LS16. <laughs> Rakiro 6 says, reminds me of a dentist's. Uh... Cordal says, the screeching noises are particularly pleasing. <laughs> <laughs> and Jordan James says, what happened to love thy neighbor? <laughs> yes, I, I think my musical talent is appreciated by all in equal measure. It, it, uh, it makes me amused and happy. Now, 
Oh, the next topic was wives. That's right. So my wife and I are, uh, as most of you know, we both come from a pretty hedonistic, uh, heathen, pagan, slutty background. Uh, actually, um, I don't know if he's on the chat now, but he's one of the, the, the new immortals. And I met him not too long ago at a gathering um, where, you know, he was asking me about, I think he asked me a comment again along the lines of, you know, wives, women, or, or there was a general conversation about daughters, wives, and how to raise kids and so on. Um, and one gentleman who's a very, very good, hardcore Catholic was recounting a story concerning his daughter and her choices and his reactions and so on. Um, and my comment to that was like, well, the kind of dad that I am and that I would be if my daughter coming of age, you know, whatever, she's 18, 19, something like that, wants to go apart to a party where there's only two of her other girlfriends and, and three boys, each one of them the boyfriend, we all know what's going to happen at that. And, you know, him being a Catholic, so, well, they weren't married or anything, you know, he would have some reservations. Now, would I have some reservations? Sure. And depending on the boy, more or less reservations. But my generic attitude would hopefully be that, well, if I've raised her more or less correctly, I'd be like, well, daughter, you go ahead, do your mistakes. And then we'll see how that pans out. Because in that way, it's not confrontational with her. There's no, not going to be a, you know, a, a I'm just going to do whatever daddy doesn't want me to do. And on the other hand, when eventually she gets heartbroken or something goes wrong, I'm still there. Um, and, you know, I realized when I was uh, long before I had any kids, I always thought if I ever did have a kid, I always just assumed it would be a son. And I was kind of okay with that. I thought, yeah, it'd be cool to teach him stuff and whatever. And then one day I thought, well, wait, wait a minute, you know, there's my Asperger side. Actually, if I had a child, there's a possibility it could be a daughter, you know. <laughs> and, and when that realization hit me, I started to think, well, what would it be like to have a girl? And I was like, oh, my God, you know, like, obviously you'd die and kill for your children. But when I realized for a girl, it would be like, oh, I would just create fields of bodies to walk over just to make sure she's happy, you know, something disturbed her a little bit, happily cut off a thousand heads, no worries, you know, I, I need to buy a lot of land, large tracts of land where I can plant big fields of roses, and any boyfriend that upsets her will just disappear and help grow some roses, I like roses, they're nice flowers, you know, that was kind of the feeling, and uh, now I've got two daughters and one stepdaughter and one son and uh, it's interesting it's uh and in this talk this younger guy sort of said well you know how, what's your opinion how do you see things and i said well look in today's world if you're a young guy decent dude you know who's just trying to be his best catholic self and if you're like i'm not gonna have sex until after marriage chances are you're gonna die a virgin and I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm just saying the statistical probabilities are that there are very few women that would go for that in today's day and age. Now, I might be exaggerating a little bit on the other side, but my approach to it, if I was in my 20s now, would be like, same pretty much as what I had before, which is, well, 
bank them properly, then ask their name, then find out if you're compatible, uh, then maybe meet their parents, and then possibly, you know, orient her towards Catholicism. And if that's working out well, maybe like engage and then get married. Now, that is the reverse of what you should be doing in correct Catholic thinking, but the enemy has reversed everything. We're in the upside down world because it's the dominion of Satan. And my attitude is like, hey, that's how you fight the enemy, fight fire with fire to a certain extent. So the enemy inverts everything. I'm going to use inversion to get to where I'm going. And that's what I did. And that's pretty much what I did. Now, the fact is that when I was telling this story, I said to this young man, well, you know, look, I'm not saying to you, get the most crack addicted med whore who's selling it on the corners, you know, and start there. <laughs> and while I was saying that, my wife passed in the next room and she just shouted in, I wasn't selling it on street corners. <laughs> I was like, you know, <laughs> now she was never a meth head, but you know. <laughs> so, and that's kind of, you know, the, the interesting thing is like, you know, my wife and I have, have our, had our rouse, disappointments, upsets, we fight, whatever. But the thing is that after each um, clash, shall we say, there is an evolution. And that is exactly what a relationship should be. And because we both had a lot of varied and, and history, you know, of, of um, and I'm not getting into it, neither hers nor mine. I don't mind telling mine so much, but, you know, hers is hers. And um, it's far from easy. It's far from, you know, I certainly took on a situation that um, probably for most normal humans would be a very bad thing to get involved with, you know, a very bad situation to get involved with. But I'm not most normal humans, and neither is she. Um, which personally probably is why, you know, relationships before ours didn't work out, neither for me, neither for her. She's a very smart, intelligent, capable woman, and um, was essentially used to taking charge just because she was more efficient than the other, than the people she'd been with. And uh, yeah, you know, that's not going to work with me. So there was obviously clashes. There has been clashes there. You know, there, there were different approaches to everything. You know, like very different kind of um, approaches to life. But at a fundamental level, similar in terms of loyalty, what matters, what doesn't matter. And, um, you know, recently we had another little tete-a-tete, um, which was actually a good thing in the end you know it lasted a little while but it all worked out in a much better way because we we had to like you know we, we walk through these things you talk through these things and you work through them and if you do that correctly there is a mutual growth and that's kind of what you should look like for in a partner you know you should look for somebody who's like willing to like whether it's argue with you or whether it's argue in the classical sense, in the good sense, or whether it's argue with you, you know, maybe even fight or whatever, but keep being in the game so that you, you and, and when I say game, I don't mean the game. I mean, keep being in the, in the situation so that you're like both evolving each other, you know, that, that is 
what I believe a relationship should be. So um, if you're looking for wife material, I think that's a pretty good indicator of um, of what you should look for because there are women that are, you know, whatever, really good in bed, really pretty, but are not necessarily um, wife material. And there are women that are emotionally very uh, unstable um, or very volatile and yet underneath it they have uh, a stability you just have to understand that because of their volatile emotional stuff it might take them a while to you know calm down and see the, the point and then they get there you know so there's all sorts of different things you, you gotta consider but um, I would suggest that the ability to push through issues by by actively looking at them. It doesn't really matter who's right, who's wrong in the end of the day. It matters more what's what's your ability to, to resolve stuff. And there's a, like a little flow chart, which actually I just remembered, I might have shoved in my desk. Hold on a second. I did this like a while, years ago, but it was such a good little idea that I thought, no, let me just keep that because um, at some point maybe I'll put it in a book or something. And uh, I don't know if it's in here actually. Ah, yeah, I think I found it. Yeah, so it's it's a very simple little flowchart, but basically if you're both doing this flowchart, you can't go wrong. So the first box is, is he or she acting out of love? Because that's the first question, right? Somebody does something that pisses you off, fucks you up, you feel hurt, betrayed, scared, whatever. So that's the first question. Are they acting out of love? Because they might be doing something out of love that, for whatever reason, actually rubs you the wrong way, hurts you, whatever. So if the answer is no, the next question is, are you really sure? And again, it's yes or no. If the answer is no again, then the next question is, are you? Are you acting out of love? And if the answer is no, then you should act out of love and start there because the problem if you always assume the problem is the other person you never fix whatever you've done wrong now let's follow that through somewhere else let's say is he or she acting out of love let's say the answer is no are you sure uh let's say yes you are really sure that they're not acting out of love uh, so the next question is are you acting out of love yourself? No, acting out of love yourself. Is he or she hurt? So in other words, you're sure they're not acting out of love. But if you put yourself in acting out of love point, can you see whether what they're doing is because they're hurt or not? And if the if they're not hurt, if they're not acting out of that, if you, your perception is that they're not, then just ask them, can you act out of love, please? Now, if the answer is no from them, then what can you do acting from God's highest point to help them while also not annihilating yourself? And whatever that is, do that. And if that's walking away, then walk away. Uh, following the flowchart again, is she, she or she acting out of love? And you're saying no, and you're saying, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. And acting out of love yourself, do you think that they're hurt? And let's say that answer now is yes. Let's say they are hurt. Then the next question is, again, you go back to the other one. Are you acting out of love? And if no, act out of love. 
if you are, if you are acting out of love, then it goes back to the first box. Is he or she acting out of love? Because if they're hurt, they might be acting the way out. You know, you, you need to ask that question again. Because if they're hurt, they may be acting out of it of love, even though you don't recognize it as such. But to the first question, if they are acting out of love, do you um, and they are, and then you getting pissed off, but then you need to realize that it's your problem, it's not their problem. If that's the case, then you need to notice that and resolve it, apologize, you know, do, do whatever the, the situation requires. Um, and again, if, if on the other hand, when you get to the point of ask them, can you act out of love, they do, then, and they say yes, then again, you go back to the first box. Are they acting out of love, yes or no? So this whole flowchart ultimately forces if both parties are using it, will force you to act out of love while you're trying to judge the situation. And if they're also doing that, you basically can't really go wrong. And if you do get to a point where you're both kind of stuck, then you should act from your highest, God's highest perception that you're able to believe, interpret, see, and then act on the basis of that. And um, if you do that, really... You, you won't go wrong. You, I'm not saying your relationship necessarily works out, but um, if it doesn't, it won't work out in a way that you'll be like at peace with it, you know. So that's kind of the whole pickup artist relationship advice I'm probably ever going to give. Uh, what was the next question? Uh, oh, yeah, Sherlock Holmes. Right, the Sherlock Holmes thing was a question from somebody saying, oh, is it possible? Now, I haven't seen the shows. I've only read the books by Conan Doyle. And Sherlock Holmes is, uh, you know, renowned for being an observer that observes the tiniest little details. And, and somebody was asking, is that level of observation even possible? Again, I haven't seen the TV shows, so I'm not referring to those. But with respect to the books, yes, it is possible. But I would say that it has to be pretty much innate. In other words, you have to have a talent for observation, which um, is generally going to be probably confined to certain areas, even if you are high Asperger IQ or whatever. Um, I know I've always had a pretty decent level of observation. I noticed that my son has it too, and my daughter. They, they're very willing to just sit and watch something and notice little details that other people's miss. I remember um, I had one girlfriend in particular, a Russian girlfriend, that noticed how many things I noticed. And she was like stunned by it because you, you see everything, you like notice everything. Now, if you have that talent and then you also um, use it, say for work, like in close protection and stuff like that, it can become really quite almost like a sixth sense. And one of the other questions was like, can you still do that in a crowd and have a conversation with somebody? And my answer to that was, yes, you can, but it would be a very superficial conversation, which you don't care about, you're not focused on at all, and you're just going through the motions, sort of like, um, what do you call it, like chit-chat sort of nonsense, you know, like, oh, how are you? Oh, and your holiday, was your holiday great? Yeah, oh, that's great. And you can smile and do all the facial things, but really... You're checking out the three different people in the room that are the ones that are worrying.
and while I'm talking, if you've got questions and stuff, just fire them out because I'll go back and, and read them later. So, uh, Merkwood says the initial comments indicate I've missed the sax masterpiece. As you know, uh, Fleur East dedicated a song to me called Sax. It is obviously for me. That's why she wrote it. I, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, okay, oh, and we're coming back to God's love. Remind me towards the end, because God's love is, uh, you know, the, the question was, well, God's love is always there in everything, including your perception, your relationships, God's love towards you. And it is both... Um, loving and gentle and fierce and absolute and that's true and, and the point was that's probably why it appeals to both warriors and damsels um, and again i'd say that's correct god's love is indeed fierce and is indeed uh, sometimes it can appear to be mercilessly brutal but that's because you cannot have true absolute love if you do not have true absolute justice you cannot have love without justice. So, Marvik uh, says, Hey Kurgan, what's your predictions for 2021? Will the world be insane still or will it get on its knees? Um, well, I think there's, you know, I think it can get a lot darker than it has got so far. And uh, there's a lot of push for it to make it a lot darker. I think, um, like I said, that the whole Trump situation will, uh, will show us how far down the road we are. If Trump is still president on come the 21st of January, um, then I would say we're not completely down the road to hell yet. If Biden is president on 21st January, then we're very far down the road to hell. Um, it is my personal belief that Trump will still be president. Um, but you know then again I, I thought he would just win outright in the landslide which he did but i didn't and i expected plenty of fraud and i expected the fraud to just not be enough to be able to win which is correct but i didn't expect the fraud to be so blatant so great and so obvious that they pretend to actually win i must say that that did surprise me quite a bit i um i didn't expect that to happen i was like really there's no way they can pass that fraud off as legitimate. And in reality, they can't. The whole world knows it now. But I didn't expect them to, to show their hands so so hard, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. Now, that, that fat fuck car or whatever, the German, it's always going to be a fucking German, right? Who wants to do the Great Reset. I mean, look at him. He dresses like some Star Trek freak pedophile scumbag. And... You can just tell that these people have never experienced a moment of genuine human interaction. They're basically skin sacks filled with demons and snakes. Right. Poster child says, plant big fields of commies. <laughs> I'm afraid we may well have to do that, my friend. Growing pains. Oh, did you try to find a virgin wife who was okay with having sex after marriage first? Probably yes, right. What? I don't know what this guy's talking about. 
Do try to keep some semblance of English grammar. Yeah. Will the gammas keep crushing in 2021? Um, gammas have never crushed except their own testicles. And in that respect, yes, I believe they will continue to do so. LS16, good parenting is the proper answer to daughters, but I'm keeping my bulldozer. It sends the right message. Yeah, uh, good parenting is the proper answer to both daughters and sons. So, ah, TVCL is here. So, uh, I don't know, he might want to throw some comments on what I've been saying, if, if he has heard it, I don't know. Uh, Tom says, Salve Kurgan, hi Tom, nice to see you. And Growing Pains continues, I particularly like fear as a part of love, like say to your father. Oh, fear of it. Yeah, actually, that's again a topic we discussed, you know, the, fear of your father is is not a bad thing and it's not fear of you know terror or, or like some tyrant it's fear of like for a boy it's more akin to like you want your father's respect that's the kind of and the fear would be to you know to lose his respect or to disappoint him or somehow make him think that you're not worthwhile and to to a certain extent that's true of girls as well but girls can be a lot more emotional so in their uh, worldview, the fear might actually be a little bit like there's almost an element of it that is almost uh, to, to a certain extent, I would say almost physical and sort of like, oh, don't get that angry, you know? Uh, and again, not because you're some tyrant that beats them with a belt or some shit, but because it's like, Again, if you're if you're male, you you will see your little girl naturally react to you in in ways that are absolutely female. It's innate, you know. I remember my little girl when uh, she was like nine months. She was walking when she was nine months old, and about ten months or eleven months. I don't think she was a year old yet. Um, the game was to you know pull down the freshly washed and hung clothing, pull it down off the off the little clothing horse. And I was like, hey, stop that. Hey, stop that. And she kept doing it. And, she, you know, all my kids have got this, like, naughty sort of sense of humor. Like, ha, ha, ha. Let's see what you're going to do if I piss you off a bit more. And eventually I went to, to grab her and I held her by both arms. And, you know, and I looked at her and I said, hey, stop doing that. You know, like with a serious face to give her the sense that it's like, I'm not joking now. I'm not playing anymore. And instinctively, I mean, she couldn't talk. You know, she didn't speak yet. She just went like this. She just sort of went, you know, did a little, oh, but dad, I'm just, a, ah. At that point, I was like, fuck it, tear the thing down. Do what you want, you know, <laughs> because they naturally can feel like, oh, but I'm your little girl, dad, you know. <laughs> yeah, you just robbed the bank and killed four people, but I'm your little girl, dad. Oh, well, all right, let's go bury the bodies. You know, that that's the kind of relationship you have with the daughter. But at the same time, when it's like, Oh, I'm just going to wear, like, you know, a belt instead of a skirt. I'll be like, no, you're going to go to your room and you're going to wear a proper dress. And I'll be like, oh, yes, dad. <laughs> you know, because she knows that, yeah, robbing a bank, killing three people, that'll help bury the bodies. But there's respect him and he's going to be like, no. And that just doesn't fly. And, you know, with a boy, it's... Um, 
it's not that I mean it's hard to explain it's it's very different and it's the same it's kind of one of those paradoxical way of thinking that is easy for Catholics hard for Protestants And Wooly says, almost Happy New Year, indeed. Indeed it is. Almost nine o'clock, so in about three hours, we will have left 2020 behind, and it'll be 2021. I saw a funny meme that was like 2020 with the zeros being toilet rolls, and 2021, the one was like an empty toilet roll, just a little sort <laughs> of stick. That's... Yeah, it uh, might well be like that. Okay, I think I've covered the topics that I had in the title. Oh, God's love. Yes, no, I've mentioned that. That's That was this little talk. Okay, so, well, we're under 40 minutes. This probably means this stream will only be under two hours, you know, because um, I'm basically done, but you know how that goes. And we don't have the thumbs down yet. Only 25 of you on New Year's Eve that have no lives and have decided to come and listen to me talk. Or a really good, hard, persevering, hardcore Catholics. Either way, good for you. And, um, yeah, any questions? Any comments? Uh, let me just see. There was some, somebody else mentioned something. Let me have a quick look. All right. So one of the, the things that led on from the whole masculinity talk and God's love and all that was, well, how does, and, and also because I recently bought, and I'm half, not even halfway, I'm like on chapter two of reading, um, I forget, it's called on In Praise of the New Chivalry, and it was written by, is it St. Bernard? I don't, a, a priest, anyway. Like I said, I'm only on chapter two, so I stand to be corrected, but I'm not impressed. So far, it reads very much like a political tract to get young men to fight for the church sort of thing um, from a political perspective, which, you know, theologically, it's quite weak. I actually believe that I could do better than that book myself. Um, and somebody suggested that perhaps I should do that. Um, and I may. I mean, it's only a short little work, and it would only be a short little work to to give my view on it. So, okay, cool. The wife's uh, the wife's got the kids. Like you said, she's got them uh, to see some fireworks and stuff, which would be quite interesting for them. And uh, she's gonna be on the way back once I'm done with this, basically. Right. So. Any uh, any questions? Fire them out now. Are the British starting to ignore masks and other woo-flu bullshit? Actually, funnily enough, um, yes, I I have noticed that. Um, supposedly, we're now in tier four or whatever. I don't know. I don't watch the news, so I don't care. Um, but it. Um, oh, that reminds me. I think I might have something in my pocket. I still need to get out here. Thanks for reminding me. It just reminded me of something. That's how my brain works. Um, 
yeah and, and uh we went we went shopping not long ago and i've been out again today that's why i've got my uh, workman clothes very few masks people just not giving a crap traffic all over the place so you know people are just doing their own thing and they're kind of I, I don't know, maybe people are getting pulled over or whatever, but if so, I'm, I'm, again, I wouldn't know. You know, the thing is, if you don't sit glued to the TV, like getting yourself terrorized as they want you to be, the reality is that you can pretty much carry on doing what you want to do. Um, the thing that I've noticed is like, you know, pubs and bars and restaurants and that is essentially they're closed or just takeaways. So it's a pain in the ass because if you going to meet a friend or something you can't really go for a coffee somewhere you like but you know whatever you have to go at each other's houses or, or that's it you know ah cordell mitchell said if you had time needed what is one skill you would like to master now funnily enough this is a question that i've had for many many years and then i asked my good friends one of my good friends, an Italian guy, who's actually about a, almost a foot taller than I am and bigger than I am, he's a very cool guy, very well-educated man, very well-read, little bit lefty, you know, he doesn't like guns, it's just, I know, I'm friends with all sorts of people. And um, so I asked him, so Paolo, if you could pick three skills that you like become sort of number one in the world, you know, like in the top 1%, what would you pick? And um, we both had uh, being able to play a musical instrument as one of them. Don't laugh, don't laugh. It's possible, I might still get there, <laughs> uh, which was interesting. And then I said, for me, it was a martial art and drawing. Now, to be fair, I think I've probably achieved the martial art um you know it's hard I'm, I'm like over 50 now so certainly not on my physical peak but um in terms of what i've done and what i've learned i know you know if you if you look at how many whatever black belts there are in the world of all the various martial arts and then if you rank those guys in some kind of level and whatever i i believe that i am certainly without any shadow of a doubt within the top five percent of all martial artists on the planet and i would say that it's very likely that i'm probably in the top one percent i would guess um again you know it's it's gonna be a sloping curve from from here on in um because after 50 for you to be like a very you know you you won't be able to compete with a guy who's like in his early 30s who's talented and who's had the same or better training than you you know he won't have your experience he won't have the number of years of training so you've got that but you know after about 40 40 i would say 40 42 43 45 if you've got really good genes um it's uh physically you're just gonna start degrading so um there is that aspect of it but you know in terms of overall in the overall trend yeah i would say i've achieved maybe that one um the other one would be drawing i would really like and i think drawing would have been possible for me if i had carried on when i was a kid but like you know i did it for a bit and i was like well i can't my drawings don't come out like a comic book 
So screw it. Obviously, I'm not brought, you know, talented for it. <laughs> not realizing that it takes a few years of practice to get there. Uh, funnily enough, I actually do have a talent for watercolor, uh, believe it or not. But I, I just don't have the time. It would be great if uh, all you people just buy a thousand books a month, you know. I'll be able to just retire and do my watercolors and learn how to draw properly. Uh, maybe play the sax uh, without bleeding your ears out. But um, yeah, so I, I guess that would be it. Musical instrument drawing. And I think I kind of hit martial arts. So um, on theme, if, if I now drop martial arts, I'd probably say maybe long range shooting. It's... it's uh, the gentleman's equivalent of, of, you know, golf, I suppose. I, uh, I've been on a golf course once in my life and find it utterly pointless. But long-range shooting is, is a technical man's, almost like a golf course, I suppose. And yeah, that, that's something I would really enjoy, I think. Uh, TVCL says, and so, what's the connection between God's love and chivalry? How would you outline a chivalric man? Well, I think there's a million ways to try and define a chivalric man. My approach to it would be um, probably a little bit more bloodthirsty than some other people. Because in my mind, a chivalrous man would be somebody who is their primary function as far as I'm concerned, from my perspective of what being a chivalrous man means, would be to be like the knights of old, which means that you have a responsibility for your class. And that means that you are a noble, a nobleman, you're part of the nobility. For you to be a chivalrous man, you would have to be part of the nobility. And that, what does that entail? Again, I'm talking about a social structure that we don't have, that certainly existed for many, many centuries, but that people don't know about anymore. And, and that structure is that you have a land-owning baron. Let's call him a baron, but you know, there's different titles, dukes, archdukes, whatever, marquis, all that. But essentially, you have a nobleman that owns land, and you have people that farm his land and that produce from his land. So noblemen were tasked with yes they had the benefit of the work of, of the peasants that worked his land they would keep a portion and they would give him a portion but he also had the duty to protect them and to protect his lands to protect his fiefdom to protect his people so a chivalrous man as far as i'm concerned is somebody who has that role as both a leader and a protector of his community and in that respect uh, it's slightly different from honor because any peasant can be a perfectly honorable man. It doesn't have to be chivalrous. And the difference there is an honorable man keeps his word. It's in essence, an honorable man is a man of his word. A man who, if he gives his word, he's going to keep it. No matter how difficult, how hard, life and death stuff, you know, that sort of thing. That's an honorable man. A chivalrous man also has to be uh, essentially an honorable man, but there are exceptions. Furthermore, a chivalrous man has to be educated in etiquette. He has to uh, 
have the ability to communicate in a certain way with other people of his rank or above. He has to know his station in life. He has to be able to both protect his position for the, from the ranks that are lower than him in terms of not letting them overstep their bounds. In other words, if I'm a baron and you're lower than a baron, you will behave accordingly. And similarly, if I'm a baron, when I'm speaking to a prince, I will behave accordingly. And there is a, a hierarchy of behavior that goes beyond just mere honor. In addition, if you are to protect your lands, if you are to have political intercourse with other barons, other landowners, friends and enemies, um, there are times when you may well have to uh, act in a way that is personally potentially not ideal for you or to you, but that is required of you because you have a duty to a large number of people. Uh, so a chivalrous man, in my eyes, is a man that is honorable uh, and that does right by the people that he's supposed to protect. Um, I personally would excuse a certain element of lack of honor on the personal level if it is with the true, genuine intent of doing right by his people. And sometimes those situations do come up. Um, on a personal level, a chivalrous man on a purely personal level is simply somebody whose word you can rely on, no matter what. Um, and the line there is simply that, a man whose word you can rely on. Now, that doesn't necessarily make him a very good man or a very bad man. But if he has a line that he will not cross and that he will hold you to if you do cross, that's an honorable man. There can be evil men that have honor. So, uh, I don't know if I've answered your question. I hope I have. Um, if I haven't, please, please say so. As for the God's love, AP 319, uh, such as I love, I rebuke and chastise. Be zealous, therefore, and do penance. Yeah, uh, and I find that that is true, because again, as a father, you will correct your children more than you would correct a stranger. And because you want them to do better, you want them to be better, you want them to achieve more, you want them to be more clearly honorable uh, and uh, more clearly able to survive the vicissitudes of life. Rhino Bear says, Hail Kurgan, there you go. I, I believe uh, Rhino Bear is, uh, is busy becoming a quite accomplished painter from what I've been seeing on Social Galactic. I haven't commented on it, but his paintings have uh, really improved very much in a very short period of time. <clears throat> Wooly Ram says, suckling at the teeth of fear. I'm not sure what that was in reference to, but I don't know if you moved that subject, but is there any response from Juju regarding sparring? Yeah, the Jew bear idiot um, said, yeah, he's, he's willing to, to meet up um, in his gym in Switzerland. 
I wrote to Vox. Vox knows the gym. I don't know who the guy is. I don't know what he does. I don't, I don't give a shit. Um, you know, it's not uppermost in my mind, but the next time I'm going through there, I'll, uh, I'll go check it out. I'll go, go see him, see what he knows. See if he's, uh, uh any good at jujitsu. And then he can uh, find out whether I am a liar because I do Sistema or not. So, yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I've got a lot of shit on my plate, so I'm not doing a trip specially for him. But um, I do believe there is very much the likelihood that I, I can or will do a trip uh, sometime in the new year. And uh, if and when I do, time permitting, I will uh, definitely have a little stop over and check it out. Also, does old age and treachery truly overcome youth and skill? Yes, uh, almost always. Um, but again, you know, a guy in a gym sparring with a guy in a gym is a different thing from, you know, a life and death match. Sparring with a guy in a gym, ultimately the younger, fitter guy it depends on your experience, it depends on his training, it depends on a lot of things. But generally speaking, everything else being equal, the fitter, healthier, more more strong person has an advantage. Um, but experience doesn't make things equal. So the guy with more experience, although he might be unfit, he might not be as healthy, whatever, his experience, if there is enough gap there um, is is an advantage. Now, in, in flat-out fights, in flat-out proper, you know, life-and-death situations, uh, old age and treachery uh, counts for a lot, um, really a lot. I've seen an episode by East Scorpio, GSKR episode 13, fe featuring Titty Salad. What? Okay, I don't know what that's about, Hugh and Bear. And then agree, we see the world completely different. Oh, right. Yeah, we, we definitely do see the world different from Gammas. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Rhino Bear, bro, watercolor stream duo. <laughs> well, I've only got a very few samples. I've, I've one painting that I really want to finish. Um, I started it when I was in Venice, and um, I just I've got it. It's there. It's half done, and I think it would be really good. But it, I definitely need silence, time, quiet to to finish that painting, and I don't have a lot of those right now. Time, time, quiet, and, and space at the moment is at a premium. The truth is God's language of love, indeed. And I have instinctively always known that on some level, even when I was a kid. Pure and verses, uh, i.e., woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you are like the whitened sepulchres, which outwardly appear to man beautiful, but within are full of dead men's bones and of all filthiness. Indeed. TBCL, yes, sounds like the outline of a proper English gentleman before they all turn gay. Thank you. <laughs> English gentlemen were, they are indeed a very rare breed, and I like them very much. I have met one or two. Uh, 
yeah, maybe one, one and a half, something like that. They're, they're a very rare breed, they're almost extinct, but um, they, they do exist. And they are unfailingly polite. They, they absolutely have the etiquette part um, down pat, especially within the context of Englishness, of, of England, of Britishness. Um, you know, the English have always fallen a little bit below par when it comes to world etiquette, because you know, they are essentially somewhat lazy, they're not particularly good with languages, and they're not particularly good at picking up on instinctive things of other cultures slash races, etc. And when they do, they can become somewhat obsessive about it, and then they will focus on your one. You know, I, I again put it down to a little bit of the binary thinking of Protestantism, while the average Italian is fluid enough and imaginative enough that they can pretty easily, compared to an Englishman, slot into just about any culture and find their way across, you know? And when they don't, they've got a way about them that it, instead of offensive, is self-effacing, so makes people laugh and it's funny and it's okay. Uh, while when the English guy gets it wrong, everybody sort of goes, what the hell's he doing? He's licking his fingers like after dinner. That's just fucking wrong. <laughs> you know, so, um, and, and an Englishman in Japan, I think that's probably the most hilarious thing. An Englishman in Japan is bound to offend people pretty much at every second of the day that he breathes and lives. Um, so, yeah, I, but having said all that, the English gentlemen, they do have an honor and the very few who still are English gentlemen will hold that line to the death. So whatever their other idiosyncrasies, which I find quite funny, quite pleasant, really, uh, I find them very amusing. Um, and then endearing, I think is the right word. But they, they still do have the line. And it, it, it's admirable. If, if, if you're an Englishman, I would suggest that for you to try and be an English gentleman is, is a very admirable thing to try and do. Um, the, now, the one weakness, of course, of English gentlemen is, is women, because an English gentleman will still be fucking run ragged by his English wife, or pretty much any other kind of wife. That's the weakness of the English. They they have just never got a handle on, on women. I, I found that I found that to be their ethnic weakness, call it that. Their their national weakness is they're pussy. They, they just don't really know how to play it properly or something. I don't know. Let's just say I don't have the same difficulty with the sacks that I have with women. And uh, the opposite might be true for Englishmen. Oh, right. Wally Ram was referring to the news as the teeth of fear, indeed. <laughs> speaking of the... Uh, Wally Ram says, Speaking of the English and obsession, some years back, my uncle made a lot of money in Japan designing English gardens for Japanese men of business. Oh, absolutely, because the Japanese are also freaks in their own way. 
and for the Japanese to have a, you know, through American Garden or through English Garden, that's that's that puts them in another class. It's yeah, it's weird, you know. It, it's like for I don't know the average European to have a genuine samurai sword. It's like oh look at my genuine samurai sword, and for the Japanese guy, it's like oh look. I have a proper English garden, you know, a proper English lawn. It's just what everybody else doesn't have makes you look cooler, I guess. So, okay. Ooh. I don't know how we'd even do a watercolor stream. Do a oh, and by the way, I got an email from Simon the Amputee. And uh, I need to write back to him. He said probably after Christmas, which we are in now. Um, I did send him an email just before I started this that if he's if he's around, he should like pop into the into the stream. But yeah, we, we may well have um, uh, a stream with uh, Simon the amputee, who I believe has either lost one or two or both legs or something like that. And um, so we'll talk to him about that. And I think that may well be an example of a man. You know, someone who's like, shit, I lost legs. Guess I'm a cripple now. He just fucking carries on with his life, you know. <laughs> Doesn't whine about it or anything. So uh, that's that, that That would be quite an interesting uh, interview, I think. It'll, I, I look forward to it. All right, guys, I've been going an hour. 30 of you, 18 thumbs up. I guess the thumbs down guys is just busy crying in the shower because... You know, it's a new year. You survived another year. Oh, I've been getting some crazy fucking emails, which are either psyops or some really sick fuck. You know, some guy telling me how suicidal he is and life is death. And I was just like, whatever. There's all I, I get. You know, I've I've got levels of like fan mail. You know, the hate mail, the crazy fan, the psyops, the like loser fan, the like really cool fan. <laughs> you know, there's. I've, I've got categories, and I just file them, you know, you know, in their different category. It's quite, it's quite interesting, really. Oh, and I've had um, some people on Social Galactics have been um, praising my dad's book, Life and Death in Africa, which um, is a very funny book. So I'm glad that some of them took up the um, uh, the suggestion that that you know they might want to read that. So um, that that was good news. Uh, Chad the Hedgecock is the church justified in refusing masks to parishioners who won't wear a mask no absolutely not fucking nonsense Tom Mastroianni says the thumb down guys thumb is probably elsewhere at the moment Give it time. <laughs> that's that's very good. <laughs> and, I, and I think Tom might have a an in-joke on that one too. But I'm not sure. I'll, I'll check with him at some other time. All right. Well, um, if you guys don't have any more questions, I'm going to wait another minute or so, and then I'll uh, I'll say goodnight otherwise.
Chad, that is not the church. Exactly. Um, I'm guessing Chad doesn't know what sedeprivationism is and uh, thinks that Bergoglio is a Catholic and so on. What's his other thumb doing? <laughs> Zenith Dart has obviously got a macabre and a curiosity that, that just goes to places where it shouldn't. As always, Willie Rams, as always, I recommend watching the debate between Father Chicada and Father Jenkins. Indeed. Indeed, that's a very good debate. And some moron on, uh, I think it was on Social Galactic, said they watched it and was like, Oh, Father Chicada was an autistic saying, My law, my law. It's like, what a fucking moron. So, yes. Some people don't have eyes to see or ears to hear, as our Lord quite clearly uh, mentioned several times. Absolutely, Mr. TVCL, I have time indeed, so. Don't, don't be shy with the questions, guys, you know, just, I'm not a cult leader, I'm just, got a very low tolerance for dickheads, but you don't have to agree with me and shit, you know, I'll, I'll tell you if I think your question is dumb or whatever, but don't be afraid to ask it. So we're waiting on... Mr. TVCL's TVCL is the guy who, who he's got his own stream. Um, so you know, from the comments, you can go on and, and find it. And he's done. Yeah. He's done a very good um, talk on how he came to Christianity and then Catholicism specifically, and it's a very logical um, way that he's gone about it, and it's a very good, very good video. I. I strongly recommend you, you watch it. Oh, TVC, that's a very good question. His question is, where is the line for a Catholic when it comes to knowing about the occult and Satanism? Should we know that enemy or stay away completely? For example, what about reading Crowley? Ah. So, that is, that is a very good question. Because, you see, the answer is not one size fits all. That's the problem. Again, a little bit like martial arts. It's like, well, you know, when, when do I know as a martial artist that I should punch someone first? You know, that's kind of the question. It depends on you. It depends on the situation. It depends on the other guy. So, first of all, it depends on you, right? How naive are you? How innocent are you? What level of deception are you comfortable with? What level of deception do you think the world operates under? And if you're the kind of guy that thinks most people are good and, you know, life's not that bad, stay the fuck away from the occult. Stay away from Satanists. Um, they are evil, manipulative, underhanded, sneaky fucks to a level that you cannot imagine. And if you can't even imagine what your enemy is like. It's like dealing with a, with a full-on narcissist. The average human being just has no capacity to even comprehend the level of deception and evil and utter shamelessness that a full-on narcissist lies with and, and the shit they'll do. You know, they'll, they'll like kill your child and then come to your place for tea as if everything is normal. 
they're the kind of people that can do that sort of shit and it's normal to them and and the average person just cannot conceive of of that level of deception so if you're not i don't want to say cynical because cynical is is a negative you have to be objectively skeptical but again unfortunately on the modern day objectively skeptical tends to bring up images of of the average atheist who says oh you believe in the sky daddy that's not skeptical that's just a different religion called stupidity so you have to be let's say very worldly so you you have to have a very good understanding of the world the worldly aspect of the world which generally would mean that you have probably not been a catholic most of your life and then you have to have an understanding of human nature which again comes from that worldliness but also a little bit comes from your level of intelligence your level of education your level of having a wide base of uh, knowledge having traveled a lot having dealt with many different cultures now if you have that kind of a background where you have lived experienced had interaction with many different cultures successfully where you are very well read very well educated where you are certainly smarter than average where you have dealt with uh, vicious evil wrong bad shit bad people violent people deadly people and survive that and you have i would suggest you read one of the malachi martin books um i can't remember the one i've read i might have it on my kindles hold on now i strongly suggest that most people in this in this uh, stream do not read this book it is absolutely not for for uh, everybody in fact i would strongly suggest that pretty much everyone does not read it and and does not deal with this sort of thing it is genuinely one of the scariest books that i've read because in reading it if you know anything about this stuff if you experienced any of these things you become aware of certain things that potentially could also open up open you up to uh, being you know affected influenced attacked by these things uh, yeah the book is called hostage to the devil it's uh, you know people have criticized malachi martin whatever but I've had personal experiences that lead me to believe that Malachi Martin knew what the hell he was talking about, certainly when it came to exorcism and demonic possession and stuff like that. Um, if you are of the warrior class, particularly if you're of the spiritual warrior class, then you should educate yourself on these things. But the spiritual warrior class are basically monks. And, you know, they devote their life to learning about these things in a very careful, in a very measured, in a very slow way, which is the safe way to do it. Um, the, the best example that I can give you, if you've read any of the H.P. Lovecraft Chutulu stuff, you know, that guy, part of the reason he was so successful in selling his horror stories was because he essentially hit on a nerve of truth that everybody knows instinctively deep down in their heart and that is that when you start to really see 
certain aspects of the occult, you can literally lose your fucking mind because there are things out there that are of a dimension, of a nature, of a, a thing that it, it just, you're out of your element and you don't know what the fuck is going on and these things eat things like you for breakfast without even realizing they've been eaten. Um, so it is very dangerous. Um, you should, if you're going to approach it in a very, very gentle, respectful, distanced manner. Um, if you are going to do that sort of thing, I've got a book there called Hands of Light by a lady called Barbara Ann Brennan, which teaches you how to see auras. Now, just doing that will open you up to all sorts of shit, and some of it not good. So, I don't know if I've answered the question, but as a Catholic, you don't have an obligation to know about the occult. You don't have an obligation to know about that shit. You have an obligation to know enough to know when it's happening or when it's being done to you and to protect yourself with the relevant prayers, with priests, with exorcisms, and so on. And for the vast majority of human beings, that is enough and that is all they should do. And when I say the vast majority of human me beings, I mean above 99.99% of human beings. I mean, less people than 0.001% should ever delve into any of this shit. Um, and I think that some of the people that do do that are the ones that end up delving into it, not by choice, but just because it happens to them, and they survive. So the ones that survive have learned some things. And the ones that have survived and learned some things, like Malachi Martin, can maybe put down some kind of guidelines for those who come after. But it is like playing Call of the Cthulhu. You're an investigator and you go into that shit, you're going to lose sanity points, and there's a very good chance that you end up completely fucked. So, um, that's... Uh, Let's see if I've answered your question. Let's see. Uh, Tom says, I'm ashamed to admit that it was the fake church's response to the whole COVID-19 mass situation that basically launched me towards sedevacantism and not say six decades worth of outright heresy. <laughs> Don't be ashamed, dude. We, we all come to it different ways, you know. You'll notice that none of the sedevacantist priests will fucking give a shit about the mask. There is, um, I did a translation for a very close group of friends about uh, an interview that uh, Don Ricosa gives when he's questioned about Vigano. And it's very, it was personally very um, good for me to see that because essentially Don Ricosa spells out exactly the same stuff I'm saying about Vigano, which is like, well, until he actually does what he's pretending to do for real, he's just an imposter. <laughs> And so it's it, it's quite it's quite good. If you if you meet a set of a cantus priest, you'll know that's a proper priest because they're not like your fake novice orco bullshit priests. You know they'll they'll tell you the the straight story right between your eyes. They're <laughs> not gonna fuck about. So, Holy Ram says if you were an exorcist, there would be a reason to learn about the cultist bullshit. As a layman, keep your distance. Indeed. Um, the only corollary to that, Woolly Ram, I'd say that exorcism was one of the minor orders, still is, 
So, technically speaking, a layman who has sort of oriented themselves towards the priesthood but hasn't gone to holy, full-on holy orders can be an exorcist. Um, and even then it required training and so on because the church is prudent. But in essence, in theory, and it is very much a theory, any Catholic could, in theory, be an exorcist. In practice, no. That's like saying that anybody can fly, uh, you know, the 35 billion fighter jets. Yeah, in theory, everybody can fly it. Chances of you being able to make that thing take off and land back again on a, um, you know, an aircraft carrier in the middle of the ocean, uh, zero. If you get into that thing and you manage to actually start it, you will blow it up and probably blow up half the ship with you. So that's that's a good analogy. If you're going to say, well, you know, I want to learn about being an exorcist, it's the chances of you coming out okay with that are the same as if I put you in the cockpit of a fighter jet on on a on a on an aircraft carrier in the middle of the ocean and say, there you go, I've just put you in it. Now fly out there, do the mission, come back and land. And you being able to do that successfully with zero training, okay? Maybe you've played video games. You might be one of the 0.00001 guys who can actually do that shit and survives it. And you'd be lucky. Admit it. You would be lucky even if you did, okay? So that's pretty much all i got to say about that. Chad says, unfortunately, the only Latin mass in town enforces masks, so we're just not going. Good man, Chad. Uh, you've got to find a proper set of Acanthus church. Tom, every man has different breaking points. Welcome aboard, indeed. Chad, is it said that Norcos do a Latin mass too? Yeah, the Norco Latin mass is fake because it, uh, it links the mass to um, a well-known Satanist and... Uh, Vicar of pedophiles on earth, known as uh, Jose Maria Bergoglio, a uh, fake pope. Ryan O'Bear, ha, huh? that's an original religion called stupidity. Comment of the day. <laughs> and Wooly Ram says, Chad, have you checked the Lux Vera list of loyal churches priests? Chad says, Zenos, no, they're doing it as a concession because of demand. Well, sometimes I said it, yeah. You see, I, I just don't believe that that's a city church. Um, so find out if it is. I don't know. If, if maybe they have a cop standing over them, they might ask you to wear a mask, but I, I very much doubt it. And Chad says that you'll Google that, right? If one of you has got the time while we're talking, just put up the link for the luxvera.org um, um, link so that Chad can can find the closest proper set of church next to him. Uh, TVCL, Wooly Ram and Kurgan. Does the layman need to be educated in how evil operates? Yes, they do, and the church does teach this. And is this matter distinct from knowledge of the occult? Yes, it is distinct, even if there is some overlap. Yes, there is overlap, but yes, it is distinct. Um, a generic knowledge of how evil operates is very, very, very useful, and everybody should try and have at least some of that. Because once you see it, you'll start to see the fingerprint of the eternal psychopath in a lot of stuff. Um, 
you're just a naturally good observer, you should pick up on that anyway. It is distinct from the occult and so on, because that is a different level of, you know, it's the difference between being a cop and knowing what crime is and being uh, a serial killer profiler, a real one, not like, you know, the FBI TV shows. Uh, if you're good at profiling serial killers, you're essentially not normal. You might not be a bad guy, you might be a good guy, but you're not normal. So, Slanty Chauffeur Bear, take notes on Kurgan's machinations and revelations. We'll compile that into the book of Kurganations. <laughs> well, that's bound to be filled with lies and deceit then. Louis F. R. Malachi Martin said that his books were written in order to slowly let the public know about what is really happening to the church because the truth all at once would break most people. So true today. Well, there's something to be said for a barbarian who just charges the lines. And you need those guys. And the whole like, you know, let's just tread softly. You know, sorry, but fuck you. If everybody had just been a barbarian from day one and as soon as Vatican One came out, they said, what? No, 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 no. Let's burn these heretics at the stake right here. And they physically ripped them out of their seats, put them in St. Peter's Square and set them on fire. Well, Catholic Church will still be large. So, you know, you know, time and place, I guess. But the whole, oh, let's just be meek. That's the fake meek I talked about right at the beginning. That's not meek. That's weak. Because when a fake imposter tries to sell you some bullshit, you should stand up on both your legs and like a man say, you are a liar. In front of everybody. There's no need to be restrain your power and that shit's going on right in front of you. No. Yeah, Tom says he's indeed leveled up. Wooly Ram says, Occultism is a human attempt at systemizing beings that are to us as we are to dogs. It is sheer foolishness. Yeah, to a certain extent, I would say that's not, that's not wrong. Thank you, Pew and Bear, for putting up the link. Um, Chad, that's the link you go to to find a proper, proper church. Louis, I stay away. I have learned to stay away. Too dangerous for my psyche. It's too dangerous for every human psyche. Uh, don't be fooled. There is no human psyche for which delving into any of this shit is not absolutely very dangerous. It is. There is no human psyche for which it is not dangerous. That, that's just a fact. Zenostart says, Weird, the moment you said Call of Cthulhu, I started playing the intro on the Metallica song by the same name. Oh, uh, I didn't know it. I don't know, you know, fucking, what is it? Metal? Heavy metal? That's not music. I mean, that shit is way, way worse. Like rap, you know, heavy metal and rap are way, way, way below my ability on the sax. Way below. And far more disturbing to the ear. Uh, Woody Ram and Kurgan at TVCL says... Otherwise, that makes sense and will take your advice and keep the distance. Why poke a sleeping dragon unless you need to? Yeah, and, and the reality is, 
You don't need to. Um, if you are a good Catholic and you follow the basic Catholic rules, you never need to poke the dragon. And you are shielded from the dragon. So, Nils Siddle, the Kurganomicon, <laughs> coming soon to a memory hole near you. <laughs> the Kurganomicon would be a, a very dangerous book. I, I agree that. I remember this Ghanaian guy once, very nice man, and uh, had a nice, a really optimistic, happy brain. It was a very good mind, very intelligent man from Ghana. And I remember, you know, I only met him briefly a few times through friends and stuff, and we went out for lunch in a group a few times. But I had occasion to have a few conversations with him of a pretty philosophical nature. And uh, uh, I think I've got a broken nail. It's painful. Um, and um, at one point he said, "Oh my God, the way you think. I mean, living in your head must be hell." And I laughed and I said, "No, you see, that's where you're wrong, because you're assuming what it would be like for you." To live in my head, and that would be hell. But I'm not weak. So, if you consider how I see the world, then you must admit I am the most ridiculously optimistic human being you have ever met. And he considered it for a moment, smiled, and said, Actually, I believe you're right, but I still wouldn't want to live in your head for all the gold in the world. <laughs> And, uh, I, I, you know, he was quite right. I agreed with him. Tom says he has to take off. May all of you have a happy and blessed new year. Prayers for my family, please. My family will be attending Mass with me for the first time since I've gotten gone said it. Praise God. I'm very happy to hear that, Tom. And indeed, I will say a prayer to your family for your family. And in fact, for all of you here on the stream, why not? You, you're all good people. And Nils Sild says they should really move the some additional instruction required to the front of any dragon slaying book. It'd save a lot of crisp idiots. <laughs> ah, that's, uh, that's a very good point. Yeah, you made me. This whole, whole thing about the Kurganomicon. That, yeah. yeah. It's probably just appealing to my to my ego. <laughs> so that's I, no, no, I shouldn't. I probably shouldn't. Norco Latin Mass is a LARP, just like Norco traditionalism. Yeah, it's a live action role playing pretend. And Chad says, thanks, guys. You're most welcome, Chad. And we appreciate the fact that you actually take advice, which is a, a rare trait in the modern world and uh, a huge gamma trend to not take advice from anybody. So it's, uh, it's heartening to see a, a man that just actually listens and takes advice and looks into it for himself. That's, that's what we should be doing. Woolly Ram says, all this being said, our Lord himself has left us with fasting and prayer as our spiritual defense. The church has furnished us with St. Michael's prayer and the rosary. We have all we need. Indeed. 
and TVC, I'll also put the link again for the World Directory as well. Chan says, former Protestant turned atheist. Got both your books, Kurgan, and learning a lot. Fascinating stuff. Chad, I'm really glad to hear that. As a Protestant, turning atheist is actually a step forward. Um, I would assume that agnostic would be next. Possibly a brief stint in being a deist. Um, and if you've got both my books, well, I thank you very much and I, I hope you enjoyed them. And if you, if you do and if you have, make sure to leave me a review because they, they help. They help the algorithms. Uh, so thanks for that. And I, I look forward to hopefully uh, calling you a fellow Sede Catholic soon. It's, um, I admire very much people who like TVCL and possibly yourself get there through raw logic, observation and factual information. For me, that, to, to be quite frank, just wasn't enough. I had to have a very dramatic, um, personal, subjective experience that, although it was subjective, you know, for the rest of the world it was subjective because it only happened to me, for me it was an absolutely objective proof that uh, went well beyond anything that mere logic and reason could do. So. Andy 689 says, I had a thought. Well, I'm happy for you. I hope you have more than one. When you step outside and go to a store, you're surrounded by all types of people. What if we could see their aura? Wouldn't it be scary? No, it wouldn't be scary. Um, you just might get a little bit of more of an insight into human beings. But yeah, let's say that, yeah, personally, I, I didn't find that scary at all. And this 689 says, the way you frame it makes me think that you shouldn't attempt to train it. Yeah. Pew and Bear is absolutely right. Um, very good. Well spotted, Pew and Bear. You see, that, that's a level of observation. I wasn't even... And he says, I'm not going to either. It's very, very well, very well put. And Andy 689 says, well, I just mean that to be able to sense things in that level is an interesting yet possibly terrible thing. Ah, Andy, Pune Bear is right, just stay away from that sort of thing. It's not particularly scary, it's not particularly terrible, but it is dangerous. So, and you don't need to do it. There really is no real need for it, so. Pune Bear says, I have really narrow focus. If I would need to see any more visual fireworks, that would be a health hazard. There you go. TVCL says, thanks for your answer. And thank you, Willie Ram, for your input. You're most welcome. Chris Javier says, I made it. Hail Kurgan. <laughs> well, Chris, the thing is, I'm about to sign off because I'm one and a half hours in. 36 people, 25 thumbs up. You go, all of you have got one more minute to fire whatever question you got. And after that, I'm going to go. And Neil Slid says, you're right. The or equivalent of Taco Bell is a terrifying thought. Pandora's box of ugly is not for us, like Kurgan says. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a little bit like that, you know, like you realize the fragility 
the you know when 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 I consider the average humans genuinely consider them I, I mostly feel sorry for them they're mostly half dumb apes stumbling through life struggling to survive for the most part and some of them are also good with it which is even harder so I'm thinking Chris Javier is another Chris that we know because he's got a new account. Zena start throwing knives, useful or not? I've learned to do it a little bit. Um, I can't say I've ever come across a time when it was particularly useful. But you never know. Might be the only thing you got in your hand one day and need to distract somebody that's a bit too far away uh, who might have a gun. When I worked as a bodyguard, I, I, I carried uh, a gun and a knife because of my role um, and because of my preferred weapon and because mostly of my role, because my role, you know, I carried a 357 Magnum, a GP100 with a four inch barrel because with that gun, I could draw and fire at 50 meters and I hit your head if you were in a hostage situation and I wouldn't miss. I don't know if I can do that now because it's been years since I've trained to that level. Um, but I, I, I'd still be fairly accurate. But I probably wouldn't want to take a 50 meter shot at the head if you know standing next to a hostage. But um, yeah, 10 meters for sure. And you know, if you think 10 meters is not far, then you don't really know guns and shooting under those conditions and so on. But I also carry the razor sharp tanto because. You know, I, I can literally, I still have the knife. I can shave with it. I can literally shave with that knife. And my wife used it once to cut a piece of paper. And I, that was, that, that was borderline divorce even for a Catholic. I was like, you never, ever cut paper. And you never touch that knife again. Unless there's an intruder and you have to stab them in the face with it. Other than that, you know, do not touch that knife. Do not touch my weapons, woman. And, um, but yeah, and, and the reason was because at, at the range that we were working at, uh, at the distance, if I fired all six shots and there was still somebody standing, the distance at which that would happen would probably be no, lot, no larger than a large room. And in that situation, the other person would be armed. And if they were still alive, um, it would be quicker for me to draw and use the knife than than, re, than reload the gun. So, and also in certain instances, uh, drawing the knife when you're really up close would have been less in, less cumbersome and quicker and less visible than the gun. And with that knife, to be honest, I think I'd rather be shot than cut with that knife. You know, cut in a proper attack yes chris you are the chris i thought uh, as for if it's worth the skill investment in learning how to throw a knife i don't know it's up to you it doesn't take that long i mean if, you, if you're obsessive about it you know in a month you can learn to throw a knife pretty well i've seen guys do all sorts of really freaky shit with like there's one of the russian martial artists that 
that guy could fucking throw a toothpick into a, a watermelon. It's just like shit that you're like, what? That's not even fucking possible, is it? But but he could. It's just scary shit. But you know, I've, what the fuck? I, I'm not gonna spend that much of much time doing it because again, if I if that's the situation that I'm in and that I need to to, to do that. Any object on my desk, any object in a restaurant, I mean, any object is a weapon. You know, it doesn't have to be a knife. I mean, a pen, a glass, a bottle, a book, you know, a, a plate, any of those things is a deadly weapon if you just have a little bit of imagination and, and you think about it. Uli Ram says, Good night, Kurgan. Enjoy the New Year's Eve. And the same to all of you. What's your favorite conspiracy theory to contemplate, Jordan James? Um, well, it's in my face on Mars, uh, the origin of humanity, how it all came about, the war that destroyed Mars, who the ancient gods were, that sort of thing is, is my, uh, I'd say that's my favorite probably topic that I would like to know about. And Chris says, getting your book with Christmas money based. Cool. Very good, Chris. Very, um, very impressed that that's what you choose to do with your Christmas money. January 6th, Trump will win. I hope so, but uh, I think we're probably going to have to wait until January 21st to know for sure. And Pewan Bear says, cheers for all you guys. I have really nice Prosecco. Good man. We drank ours last night. I might go out and get a bottle for the wife. Thank you all. Have a very good night. Have a very happy, joyful new year. And remember... Never any despair. Nek spe, nek metu. With no hope and no fear. We don't need hope because we're Catholics. And we're not afraid. <laughs> Wooly Ram says, your book would make an excellent bludgeoning weapon. Indeed, indeed. And it's also got the shiny cover, so it wipes off pretty good. <laughs> Good night and Happy New Year. Yeah, good night all. Thank you very much for being here on, on New Year's Day of all. It's, uh, thank you. Have a, have a really joyful, happy new year, and I'll see you in 2021.